Hi guys, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast, um, and you can also find the video portion and watch that on YouTube and subscribe there. We're so appreciative of you guys for finding the podcast and listening to us once again. Um, also, you can uh, you can friend me or, or DM me or chat on, on Facebook. Look up my name there or on Instagram, um, and you can find uh, more of when the scriptures become real. And also, if you have topics or if you want, if you have questions or, or things of that nature, uh, you can find me there as well. All right, so today's podcast... I'm excited about this one. Um, this is one of those topics where, you know, ideas just kept flowing, you know, and it, it's so good as you study the Bible, just how rich it becomes. And so notice our topic for today. We're going to talk about, did the Lord wreck my plans or was it me? Did the Lord wreck my plans or was it me? Now, this is why I chose this topic. Because I'm looking into certain phrases that sound good, but aren't necessarily true. And this is one of those phrases. So we have to be very careful when we talk about what the Lord does. Um, and we got to be careful about saying that this was the Lord's action. Uh, we got to be careful about how we view, uh, you know, providence and how the Lord works. So we got to be careful about some things. Um, so. Here's how we're going to introduce this. So sometimes in our minds, uh, when things don't work out, so think about a time in your mind or even now where you feel like in your mind things didn't work out. Sometimes it's it's easy to say, well, I guess the Lord wrecked my plans for something better. It's easy. It's easier to say that. Um, but sometimes it's not the Lord that wrecked the plan it was actually us that wrecked the plan but we just say because it sounds good well the lord wrecked the plan so maybe there's something better see now that's that's where we got to be careful and so the question for us today it becomes well how can i know the difference if it was the lord's doing or if it was my doing so that's what we're going to study today i'm I'm super pumped for this one this is going to be a good one it was a great study for me Okay, so this is how we're going to break this down. We're going to break it down into three questions, okay? And as we study this, and really as you, and again, I did this too, so I looked at it for myself. So as we look at these three questions, examine yourself to see, have you been blaming God for things that you actually could have done more at, okay? This is going to be really good. All right, so number one, so in order to understand that the Lord wrecked my plans or was it me? Number one, what we got to understand, here's the first question. Did the Lord remove things or did I just give up? Did the Lord remove things, things, or did I give up? So most times when you talk about the Lord wrecking plans, so many things, it happens after something in our lives is removed or we feel like it's removed or we feel like it's over. So then we'll say, well, did the Lord do it or was it me? So now let's think about this example. Look at Genesis chapter 12. Again, open up your Bibles with me. And as we study this, I want you guys to go back and, and check this and check me and, and, and study for yourselves. Okay. All right. So Genesis 12. 
So as we look at this, we know that this is the call of Abram. Now, if we notice verse number number one, the Bible says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy father's kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. So notice God gives Abram a promise there in verses one and two. Now understand this about God. As we talked about before, God will always keep his promises and God cannot lie. Okay, so those are two things that we know for a fact about God. So he just gave Abram a promise there in Genesis 12. So, but as we understand and as we keep reading through the text, we understand after God made that promise, how long did he make Abram wait from Genesis 12 all the way to Genesis chapter 21 for Isaac? He made him wait for 25 years for this son, for this promised son. Now, what's our original question now? Did the Lord remove it or did I just give up? So notice this. In Abram's life, from Genesis 12 to 21, when year one happened, year two, year three, year four, year five, six, no son, no son, no son, no son, no son, because there was nothing And because Abram couldn't see anything, in his mind, why did he listen to what Sarai had to say in Genesis Genesis chapter 12? So he listened to what Sarah, or actually in chapter 16. So notice, so Sarah convinced him, according to Genesis chapter 16, verse 2, the Lord has restrained me. I pray thee, go into my handmaid, I might obtain children by her. So why did Abram listen to Sarai? Because at that point in time in his faith, guess what Abram had lost? So he lost the trust that said that God was going to give me a promised son. So I'm going to believe my wife, Sarai, And I'm going to go on this plan. So sometimes we think God wrecks our plans because nothing happened. So we got to keep that in mind. Just because nothing is happening right now or nothing has happened, you can't say that that's God wrecking your plans because nothing happened or nothing is happening. But what do we say all the time? So you pursue something, you pursue a job, you pursue any other thing and nothing's happening, then who's the first person that we blame? Well, and not necessarily blame. Who's the first person that we say, well, this is so-and-so's doing? Well, I guess this is God's message of saying he's wrecking my plans. No. Just because nothing's happening doesn't mean that God wrecked your plans. So in Abram's mind, when he thought the plan wasn't going according to plan, then who made a plan? Abram and Sarai. So number one, in order to answer this question, did the Lord remove it or did I give up? Number one, you have to realize, did you quit because nothing happened? So how can you blame, how can you blame God for that? Well, you don't understand. I gave effort. Well, you don't understand. I, well, you might have, but did you give enough? 
were you consistent? So then number two, could it be that it's our fault when things don't work out? Because to say that God wrecked our plans makes it sound better. It it really does make it sound better, doesn't it? Well, God, you know, I guess he just doesn't want that for me in my life. How do you know that? And as we, as we see, we're going to keep studying. We'll notice the thing that God actually wants might be right here, but because we've quit, then we're going to get away from God's blessing. So the question that we have to ask ourselves was, did the Lord actually remove this thing from my life or was it me that actually gave up? <clears throat> see with Abram, Abram at that time, at that point in time, he believed Sarai and her pain more than he believed God. And so as we keep walking through that text, then Ishmael came instead of Isaac. And so then there were more problems because Abraham didn't wait. So the question becomes, what makes us quit? So think about, think about a situation in your life where you feel like the Lord wrecked your plans in it. It could be a job. It could be whatever you want to say. So instead of blaming God, look at yourself for a second. So what makes us quit? Here's three things that makes us quit. Number one, pessimism. So when things don't happen in the time frame, in the way, and in the, sh in the fashion that we want it to happen, then we get pessimistic. Or we were pessimistic about it before we even tried. Then when it doesn't work out, then who, then what do we say? Well, I guess that's not what the Lord wants for me. Well, you were pessimistic before you even got in. See, here's what we got to be careful with, especially as Christians. We have to be very careful in our attitude with things. So if you come into something with the attitude of it's not going to work, if you come into something with the attitude of I don't have confidence in it, if you come into something with the attitude of, well, I don't want to get my hopes up for this job or my hopes up for this, you, you're already failing. You failed before you even tried. And so then that makes us quit because we have such a pessimistic attitude about it. But then when it doesn't work out, then we'll say, well, I guess the Lord didn't want it for me. Number two, what else makes us quit? Just like Abraham, when, when we're pessimistic, but then also when we rush things. So Abraham rushed the process of God. And when he rushed the process of God, then more problems happen. So did you know that when we say it was the Lord that wrecked my plans, most times, nine times out of 10, it's probably us. But it's just nicer and it's easier to say, well, the Lord didn't want it. It was probably us. We had a role to play in it too. So they rushed the process of the original promise in Genesis chapter 12, verse one through three. Then number three, what's the final thing that makes us quit? The thing that makes us quit is the attitude of giving up. So as we wait on that, and we talked about this at, at our youth rally here uh, in Arnold uh, a, a few, or actually a couple of days ago, we talked about this and we talked about patience and endurance. And in order to wait on God's promises, in order to wait on what the Lord wants, you got to have some patience and you got to endure. But so many times, because we have to wait for so long, 
then we give up without even giving it a real shot. And then after not giving it a shot, then we'll say, well, I guess the Lord didn't want it. See, we gave up before we even before we even gave it a true chance. So the question becomes, did the Lord actually remove certain things from my life or did I remove them because I was pessimistic about it? Did I remove it because I wanted to rush it in a time I wanted it? Did I remove it because honestly, I actually gave up on it rather than the Lord? You see how you got to start changing your, your thought process? So be careful in saying it was the Lord that wrecked it when it probably could have been us. Then number two, what's the second question? So we just looked at, did the Lord remove it or did I give up? Here's the second question. Did God remove it or was I just too afraid? See, many times when we feel fear, fear comes from various reasons, right? But when things scare us, we run away from things, and then it's easy to say, well, God wrecked it. But it's harder to say, I was actually afraid of it. So, you know where fear actually comes from? When you really think about it, especially even from biblical examples, fear comes from past disappointment. So, think about a time in, in your past where you were disappointed about something. And then in your future, when another opportunity comes along, aren't you pessimistic about it? Aren't you so easy to give up on it? At times, because you want it to work, you rushed it. So fear actually comes from your past disappointment because you don't want it to happen again. But so many times, instead of just admitting that we're just a little bit afraid to try, we'll say, well, God just totally removed it and we'll just totally quit. Notice this. Look at Acts, uh, Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. And Okay, so we're going to go to Acts and then we're going to go to, uh, to Exodus real quick. But we have to notice something about, about Moses here. So in Acts chapter 7. And I believe it's verse number uh, 26. Let me make sure I have the right text here. Okay, it's actually verse 22. So notice what the text says here. It says, and Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in word and he was mighty in deed. Now, I just got done taking a, a Bible and archaeology class for my master's program. And we just got done talking about Moses here and talking about Egyptian culture. Now, keep this in mind. Now go all the way back to Exodus chapter 4. Now, what's our original question now? Did God actually remove it or was I afraid? Look at this. So Exodus chapter 4, uh, verse number 10. So now look at what the text says. So now God wants Moses to go back to Egypt. Keep in mind, go back. Verse 10, and Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not eloquent. Neither therefore, since thou hast spoken unto my servant, I am slow of speech and I am slow of tongue. So what do we just read in Acts chapter 7, verse 22? That Moses 
according to the Egyptian um, culture and the Egyptian upbringing, the text says he was mighty in word and he was mighty indeed. But what did he tell God? I am not eloquent. I am slow speech and I am of slow tongue. One of our instructors in that master's program, he, I mean, he went into detail about the Egyptian education and he said, any man that would have gone through that Egyptian education in that palace, he said he would have been totally equipped to be a leader. He would have been equipped to be a general. He would have been equipped in athletics in any way. This man would have been equipped 100% if he went through the program. And he said Moses went through the exact same program. So the question becomes, Exodus chapter 4 verse 10 was not an excuse. Exodus 4 verse 10 was Moses telling God, I can't and I'm not going to go back. Because who was equipped to speak? Moses was equipped. He was trained for this. But because of fear. Now remember, what's the last thing Moses remembered in Egypt? Of him killing an Egyptian. That's why he ran to Midian in the first place. So not only does he not want to go back because of fear of that, but also he just doesn't want to go. So, you know, so many times in our lives when opportunities are, are, are put in front of us that the Lord brings because we don't want to and because we're scared because of our past disappointments, Guess what we'll tell the opportunities and God in front of us when we're equipped and ready for it. We'll actually say we're really not ready for it when you know that you are, but you're afraid. Just like Moses. And then at the end of it, then guess what we'll say? God wrecked my plans. No, he didn't. (laughs) No, he didn't. See, you see why we have to be very careful in saying what God is doing. We got to be careful. So Moses there was doing the exact same thing that we do. You know, instead of saying that we're, we're just afraid and we need help, you know, in a sense, and I'm talking to myself too, in a sense, it's, it's somewhat prideful to say that you can't do something when you know that you can, but you choose not to because of fear. And so Moses was still learning humility there before he could be a leader in Exodus chapter four. So the question is, did God remove it or was I just too afraid to try? See, for as, as you learn and here, here's some, here's an example. I'll use myself. I'm, I'm somewhat of a perfectionist and for me, I don't want to try something unless I know I have an opportunity to excel in it. So I'm not just going to do something, you know, just for the sake of doing it. I want to do it with the intent of, I, I at least know that I can be somewhat successful in doing it. Um, and so as, as you know, I learn and grow and, and taught under the tutelage of, of great men and, and women and my parents and other people, I've had to learn that you can't be afraid to try. I, I can I can live with failure. I can live with not getting things. I can I can I can live with with uh you know not getting the result that I want. I can live with that. 
But as you grow older, you can't, you got to try. You can't quit before you try. And so notice Moses here in his mind, he quit before he even wanted to try. And you know what? This makes Exodus chapter four more powerful because after everything that Moses said that he couldn't do, God said, well, who made your mouth? Me. And even if you give me another excuse, go send Aaron. You see, so many times we think that God is just going to accept these things because we're afraid, but we're missing out on so many blessings that are literally smack dab right in our face because we're scared. And then we'll say that it's God's fault that it's not working out. You know what? That's the biggest scapegoat that every Christian believes today. It's so easy to say, well, just God just wrecked my plans. Well, how do you know that he wrecked it without you even giving it a true shot? Did God actually remove certain things from your life or were you actually more afraid? You look at Moses. So then number three, what's the third question? So we looked at, did the Lord remove it or did you actually give up? Number two, we looked at, did God actually remove it or was I actually afraid? Then number three, ooh, this is good. Did God remove it or did I actually miss what he sent? <laughs> did God remove it or did I actually miss what he sent? So look at this. Look at 2 Kings chapter 5. 2 Kings chapter 5. This is again, this is why we have to be extremely careful with saying that God removes certain things. Um, because of this reason here. Sometimes when we say God removed it, not only are we not only did we give up too early on it, not only were we too afraid of it, but then number three, the blessing that the Lord actually sent that we wanted him to send. Because we were afraid and because we gave up, we actually missed it. So it was actually our fault. But we say God wrecked the plan. Notice this, 2 Kings chapter 5, uh, and look at verse 9 and 10. So again, just some background. This is Naaman here. And Naaman, according to verse 1, he was the captain of the host, but Naaman had received and got leprosy. And if you know anything about leprosy, leprosy was a disease that not many came back from. And so this was, you know, limbs would come off. I mean, it was just a terrible disease. And so Naaman has a problem of leprosy and Naaman wants help. So now notice what happens here in 2 Kings chapter 5, starting in verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and his chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, say, go wash in Jordan seven times. And thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. So what's the situation? Naaman pleads for help. A little maid tells him to go to the prophet Elisha. Naaman goes to Elisha's door. Elisha sends a messenger back to Naaman to say, go wash in the river Jordan seven times. So guess what that is? Naaman wanted, had a question and had a need. Guess what God sent him? God sent him an answer. What was the answer? Going to Elisha, and Elisha told him to go wash in Jordan seven times. That's the answer. But watch this. Verse number 11. But Naaman was wroth, and he went away 
And he said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Are not Abna and Farpar and the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? May I not wash in them and be clean? So turn he away in a rage. <laughs> this is so good. Oh, man, this is great. So think about this. So our original question is, did God remove it or did I actually miss what he actually sent me? So think about a need and you have to be don't don't think about anybody else. Think about you and think, you know, your wants and you know, your desires. Think about it right now. Okay. Think about your desires and think about your wants. So did you not plead on God's behalf for that certain thing? I guarantee you're probably shaking your head. Yes. Now think about this as you pleaded and as you prayed for it, if you really look back and, and, and have an honest and honest look back at things, did God actually give you the answer to your prayer but you actually missed it. So notice Naaman got the answer to his prayer. Go wash in the rivers of Jordan seven times, but he got mad because he didn't get the answer that he thought he was going to get, or it didn't work out. So notice Naaman got mad because he thought instead of just washing in this dirty Jordan river, he said, I thought you, you as the prophet, Elisha, I thought you would do something more spectacular for me. You know, that's how we miss blessings. Because we think that something didn't happen in the way it was supposed to happen. Well, Lord, I've been praying for this spouse, but it, it didn't happen like the movies. I've been praying for this, but it just didn't work out the way that I wanted. That person just didn't give me the time of day. Well, I didn't I wanted this job, but the job didn't work out and didn't give me the pay that I wanted. You know, you probably missed it. You probably missed it. And me looking back, sometimes I miss some things because I thought it was supposed to happen in a spectacular way when the blessing was smack dab in my face and I missed it. So Naaman got mad because he said, well, I thought you were going to do something more spectacular for me. Then he mentioned, aren't the other rivers better? So then how did he walk away? He walked away in a rage. So did you know that the blessing that God had for you was right there in your face? And because it didn't happen in the time frame and in the way and how you wanted it to happen, you walked away from that blessing, whether that's a job, whether that's a person, whether that's whatever. And in some way, guess what? You're probably mad. Walked away in a rage. And then at the end of the day, guess what we'll say? It was God who wrecked my plans for something better. Is that true? Is that true? See, sometimes when we get so mad about things, we miss what God actually sent for us. 
But just because it didn't happen in my way, in my time frame, and how I wanted it, and I didn't receive what I thought I should receive from that thing, I miss it. How many of us today, think it now, think about you, and I'm thinking about me right now. I mean, to this, to this second that we're talking, how many of us have God's answer right there? But we say no, because God, you wrecked my plans. God, it was you. You see why we got to be very careful in saying that it was God that did certain things when it was probably not him. It was probably because I gave up too quick. It was probably because I was too afraid of it. It was probably because I missed what he actually sent. So here's here's a, a, a tidbit of advice here. I know a lot of people like this. Right. I know a lot. Even to this day, I know a lot of people just like this. Those that give up on the Lord too quick or give up on things too quick. Some that are too afraid and some that miss the blessing. Those are the type of people when you believe these things and you believe it's God that has actually wrecked your plans. This is what always happens. These people that believe that and they go off and do something else and try something else like Naaman tried. Now, Naaman obviously went went to the Jordan and was healed, but originally he wanted to try something different. But those that believe these three things we talked about today, and they believe it was the Lord that wrecked it, they always get into another situation, and it's always worse. It's always worse. So this is why we have to be very careful when we say, God, it was you that wrecked it. When most times it was probably my fault. So did the Lord actually remove certain things from your life? Or did you remove it because you're quick to give up on it? Did God actually remove those things from your life? Or were you actually afraid of it? Because were you afraid of the challenge of it? Or were you were you afraid of your inadequacy of it? Ooh, hold up, time out. That's a point. Time out. That's a point. Going back, going back to Exodus four. Ooh, that's a point. So we're afraid of things. Ooh, because of two things. We're afraid of the challenge of it, but then we're also afraid that we're not adequate enough for it. Ooh. So Moses in Exodus four, he didn't want to go back. So he was afraid of the challenge. But then Moses was afraid because he didn't think he was good enough. You know, that's a telltale sign of people like this. They'll always say, I am not. Let me tell you something. <clears throat> I used to think that was that was like a legit excuse. <clears throat> but here's here's why I don't believe that excuse anymore. There's a lot of things that I've seen. Some guys say they weren't good at even even women say they weren't good at I'm talking about we're talking about spiritual stuff here. OK. And I've seen them. Dedicate themselves to the word of God and dedicate themselves to change. And they are totally different now because they actually believe God rather than believing their inadequacies. 
And so I don't believe that excuse anymore of I'm not good enough. Because number one, according to Exodus chapter four, God's not going to take that. Now, other people around you might accept that, but God's not going to take it. So for me, I don't believe that excuse anymore. Because the, the one thing that God always wants, he wants our obedience and he wants our faith and trust. And last time I checked, in order to have faith, in order to have trust, in order to have obedience, last time I checked, you don't have to be adequate for that. Faith, trust, and obedience is just believing in God and doing what he says. So I'm not, I can't believe that excuse anymore. What that really is, that's code word for I just want to give up. That's code word for I'm afraid of something. They might not admit what the fear is, but it's fear of something. That's code for I actually don't want what's in front of me. I thought it'd be different. We got to stop being afraid. Because what fear always does, it makes us stagnant. And what stagnation does, it makes us afraid of challenge. Let me tell you all something. Here's something before we close. <clears throat> Two things. As I began preaching, um, and even to this day, I still have it. Sometimes I don't think I'm good enough. Sometimes I think I don't, I don't have the, sometimes I feel like I won't reach the, the level of knowledge that some people have. Sometimes I feel like I might not reach the, have the level of reach that some people have. But just because I, I feel that inadequacy sometimes doesn't give me the excuse to quit and not keep working hard. You got to keep trying and you can't be afraid to fail. Brother Elkins even said a great, a great mentor of mine. Brother Elkins, one of the, one of the men I respected the most here on his time on earth. He said, when I began preaching, he said, I didn't feel adequate to do it. But he said, the Lord just wanted my best. You know, that person, that job, that challenge from the church, whatever it is, you know, they don't want perfection. What they want and what that job and what God wants from you, God wants your best. And so we got to stop being afraid and using that excuse. Then number three, did God actually remove it? Or did I actually miss what was literally right there in front of me? So Naaman had the answer and he had the blessing right there. And because it wasn't as spectacular, it didn't feel, it didn't look the way that he wanted it to look and feel. He missed God's blessing. And then sometimes in our lives, when things don't look, when things don't feel, when things aren't as spectacular as we thought it should be or feel, we probably miss the blessing too. And then ultimately, because it didn't look and it feel it didn't work out the way I wanted it to, then we walk away in a rage. Did God actually wreck my plans or was it me? You might not want to answer this question honestly, but I will. God never wrecked my plans. God helped me. God may have uh, providentially done some things, but most times I had 
I had things that I could have done better. I could have talked better. I could have communicated better. I could have explained things better. I could have grown better. I could have been a better example. So I'm not going to sit here and because things didn't work out, blame God. Because it sounds cute. Because it sounds good to say that. You got to be careful, Christians. You got to be careful. So maybe it's time to reevaluate some things. Maybe it's time to reevaluate your heart. Maybe this is coming from a place of bitterness. Maybe it's coming from a place of pessimism. Maybe it's coming from a place of just, I, I don't know, but you know. So understand that there's always something that we can do better for him. And my advice for people that are giving up too quick, my advice for people that are removing stuff because they're afraid of their inadequacy and they're afraid of the challenge of it, my advice for someone that has actually missed a blessing that's right in front of them, my advice is two things. One, open up your eyes. Open them up. Because maybe all these things have actually blinded us from some things. And two, do not be defined by the bad things that happened in your past. Look forward and don't put those bad things on, on things in the future. Because if you do that, nothing and no one will ever be good enough for you. Because you're defining them by what happened in your past. And that's not fair to your future. That's not fair to you. That's not fair to people that come into your life in your future. It's not fair. And ultimately, don't blame God. Look at yourself. Mm. In the words of uh, Caleb, Ben, and Matt Haynes. Oh, <laughs> no, it was good. I, I appreciate I mean, this is such a good study, man. And it just makes you reevaluate some things. It makes you look at things different. And it makes you see maybe, maybe it is me. And maybe I just got to open up. You know, that's what it takes sometimes. And so instead of just being so afraid and kind of staying in this shell on your own, you know, start to start to look at some things around you and, and maybe some things will start changing for the better. So I appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much. I will be here again next week, Lord willing, on Monday with another podcast. Again, if y'all have um, suggestions, let me know on Facebook. Let me know on 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 Instagram or anywhere uh, that you can find me there. Just hit me up. If you have my number, text me, let me know um, some things that you guys want to discuss and study and we can do that. So I appreciate you guys. Uh, love you all very much. Appreciate what you guys do. And uh, we will see you all next week. Thanks guys.